This is a must-listen repeater episode. You are going to want to listen no matter where you're at. It's going to make an impact on you. But this is one of those episodes I want to invite you. Go ahead and mark it on the calendar. Put it on your calendar, 30 minutes, to listen to this episode again every three months for the next year. If you do, you're going to come to this time next year a different person, a more decisive leader, and you're going to help bring freedom instead of anxiety to those that you lead. So, Welcome to the Next Level Leader Podcast, where I want to help you escape average and lead at the next level. There's more in you, and it's time that you learn to lead at your full potential. So join me on this next level journey as we learn to escape average one day at a time. It's time to grow to the next level. The world is waiting. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Leader Podcast. Uh, My name is Corey. And I am so glad that you are here with us today. Jeff and I are so excited for today's conversation. We want to discuss how you know it's the right time to move. How you know that this is the season that you've been preparing for. This is where you're ready to go. This is what you need to be doing next in your life. Whether it's your personal life, your business life, whatever that is. We want to discuss how you know the timing is right to make whatever the next move is. Yeah, because, man, I think one of the things that causes the most anxiety for people that I see at any age and stage of life is, is it time to make that big move? Is it time to move cities? Is it time to change jobs? Is it the right time to change careers? Is it the right time to change colleges? Is it the right time to change my friend grouping? You know, when you're in, you're in even high school, right? Yeah. For our entire lives, the decisions that cause us the most anxiety is is this the right time to make that move? Is it the right time to buy a house? Is it the right time to start that relationship? Is it the right time to start the business, the podcast, write the book? We have that more than any other question we ask that causes us an anxiety. It is the question, is it the right time to make this move? Whatever that move is for you, starting something new, changing something big in your life, is it the right time to have kids, right? You know, is it the right time to uh, hire a babysitter? You know, all those sort of questions. So whatever that is that you're asking, we want this episode today to ease your anxiety and we want to give you some questions that are going to make it easy to know in those high anxiety moments very quickly. Is it the right time to make this move in my life right now, yes or no? And we want to cut through that. We want to help you be the best leader that you can be, but we want you to live free and be able to drop that anxiety of what if I make a mistake? Absolutely. I think it's just so important because, you know, as you said, we as people, we we tend to be super anxiety driven. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's just from that uncertainty. We really don't always have the correct answer about where we're going next, what statement we're going to make what city we're going to be at, what church, what workout plan. We always have questions about what's next. And this, I think this podcast is going to be an amazing step for people to be able to decipher and determine where they're going. Well, and this would be a great podcast for everybody, but specifically for leaders. As leaders, we're really good at at generally not showing the anxiety to our teams. Mm -hmm. But if you want to see an anxious leader, wait until they're trying to decide, do I take this new job that makes me move my family? Or do I take this promotion or that promotion? Or do I switch to this competitor? Do I change careers? When leaders ask those questions, I find leaders to be more anxious than non-leaders. 
right? So we want to help you when you're making some of the biggest leadership decisions of your life. And let's be frank, the biggest leadership decisions in my life were the times where I said, is it time to change something really big or is it time to start something new? Those are move makers, okay? The biggest leadership decisions in my life that changed my impact and changed my experience and leadership were those, but they were the hardest decisions to make. So again, we want to make that easy. We want to free you up. So the next time a big decision comes, not only can you make it easier, but you can teach this to the people you lead and help them to make their decisions quicker. Because we know this, the longer it takes us to make a decision, usually the worst decision we're going to make. Absolutely. It's it's so, I think the, these questions are going to be just so freeing for our listeners. And they're just going to really empower us to be able to make those moves more flawlessly and better in the future. So it's not going to be something that we may just catch immediately, but I want people to be able to understand they can always come back to this episode and they can come yes. back and check this out because this is one that I intend to make sure I'm listening to every time going forward that I'm, I have a big decision to make. Yeah. Now we're, we're, we, we do a podcast, so we, we would love to think that everybody listens to every episode multiple times. Right. Um, but I know the truth is even my wife doesn't listen to this podcast all the time. Cause she says, Jeff, I'm not in leadership, but there are certain episodes Certain episodes I go, I have to listen to that because I have no clue what he's going to say, and that's affecting an area of my life, right? Well, there are also certain episodes where people say, I had to listen to that three or four times. I had to go back to it. This is a must-listen repeater episode. You are going to want to listen no matter where you're at. It's going to make an impact on you, but this is one of those episodes I want to invite you. Go ahead and mark it on the calendar. Put it on your calendar, 30 minutes, to listen to this episode again every three months for the next year. If you do, you're going to come to this time next year, a different person, a more decisive leader, and you're going to help bring freedom instead of anxiety to those that you lead. So, uh, man, I'm ready. I'm pumped to get in. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's do it. So where do we start? What is Where do we start in this conversation? There's a stirring inside of me, and I have something coming up. And I, I want to jump, but I've got some hesitation. Where do I, where do I begin that conversation so we can make sure we're making that best choice? Yeah. So let's say you're a person and either you're a leader who says, I feel called to, I feel the stirring to maybe leave my job and start my own business, start my own company, um, to go the entrepreneurial route, or just for another easy example, pick the one that fits you best and just think through this example as you're going through or you say, you know what, maybe it's time to change jobs. Maybe it's time to change companies, okay? Um, if either of those two examples are on the table, the first thing you have to do, Corey, is you have to ask the right questions, okay? And the question, is it the right time to move? You actually have to ask deeper questions to find that answer. So I think that's the first thing I want our listeners to understand is that we have to ask the right questions. Um, and I say the right questions because... Often we ask questions, we just ask the wrong questions. Totally. So first question, um, and forgive me, I can't can't remember the first question because it's very specific the way we ask it. Yeah. Um, where are we going first? What? Well, I, hey, why don't we start with this? Why don't we talk about the wrong questions? Okay. Why don't we talk about the questions we're most often to ask, but are going to put us from the wrong posture to begin with? So the natural leader or the the person who usually is going to be making some sort of move or wants to make a move, they go, why? Why do I need to make this move? Why? What's wrong in my life that's going to make me want to make that move? So if I'm if my boss says something really mean to me, 
that may be the breaking straw. And I go, why should I stay? Um, which we, I, I never think that that's the proper way to begin that. Instead of starting with, why should I leave? I need to know in my heart what it is about this new possible move that's stirring. Is there something there, there that's that's being stirred up? Well, one's almost negative and one's positive. So when we ask, well, why am I trying to make this move? And a lot of people are taught to, to ask, okay, well, I feel it stirring. Well, why am I really feeling this? It's almost like you're having to defend the stirring. We are all going to have stirrings to things, and it may not be for a reason to make a move. It may be to teach you something. It may be you know, just uh, something new in your life, but we shouldn't start from a place of defending a stirring. But another question, when you and I were talking before the podcast about this, you said, you know, hey, a question I usually ask is, uh, before you knew the questions we we're going to talk about today, you said a question that I normally ask is why, why am I wanting to make this move? And what is it that's in me that's causing this? What is it that's around me that's causing this? And the thing that we looked at was both of those questions are defense-based questions. Why do I need to make this move? Why do I want to make this move right now? And it's almost like you're saying, Corey, you got to defend to yourself that you're not just being selfish. You've got to defend to yourself that this is right. Okay. All right. So I've answered that question. Well, what is it in me that's causing that? And you almost have to defend that you're in a healthy enough place that you're making a good decision. And, and again, that there's not something wrong. And although that's not bad, we want to make place. Uh, we want to make sure that we're making decisions logically and not emotionally, especially those big moving decisions. We don't want to start from a place of defending the stirring. We want to start from a place of curiosity about the stirring, because that place of curiosity doesn't mean you're more likely to make the move. It means you're more likely to understand what's going on inside of you. Okay, because maybe you don't need to start your own business. Maybe you don't need to move companies. Maybe you just simply need to talk to your boss about your role and how you can you you can change it, edit it, do it a little different. Maybe you need to talk about a different type of promotion, right? What is causing that stirring? Why do I have that stirring? Is different than simply saying, okay, let's get curious about this whole process. I've got a stirring. Let me just follow the string all the way to the end. Okay. So the first way we follow that string, the first question I want you to ask the next time you're thinking maybe it's time to make a move is just say, okay, this thing that I'm thinking about starting, this this change I'm thinking about making, is there a passion for it? Is there a passion for it? Am I passionate about it? Okay, so again, I'll give you the example of uh, moving from an existing career, existing leadership career to starting your own business. Okay. And mainly because that's where I was at, at this point last year, I had that stirring. I'd had that stirring for a few months. I didn't know if it was right. And it seemed scary to do that. When I first started asking questions and I, and I talked to some people around me, they were asking me those why questions. And, and I almost felt like there was something wrong with me for asking that question, but I decided to get curious and I said, okay, am I passionate about being an entrepreneur? Well, no, I'm not passionate about being an entrepreneur. Am I passionate about this coaching consulting business I want to start? Yes. Okay. So now I know I don't just want to be an entrepreneur. I'm passionate about something specific. Okay. So why am I passionate about that? That's where the why comes in. Okay. Am I passionate? And then follow that string all the way to the end. So when I started asking Corey, am I passionate about this? I found out it was about the coaching and the consulting business. Why? And it was, I realized a couple of things. One, 
I realized that almost every leader I met, I felt like they had deeply inside of me another gear in them. And I was passionate about helping them see, hey, did you know there's so much more in you? Right. And I feel like I have a gift for that of helping people see not there's something wrong with you now, but do you know there are so many more levels in you and there's nothing you can't do? Right. Um, but I realize a lot of people have never been coached well by leaders. A lot of leaders have never been coached well. So then we don't coach well. We're following somebody's model, but we don't know how to coach someone and get the most out of them. Right. You're looking at college football, you're looking at NFL football. A great coach is someone who takes the people they have the players they have and gets the most out of them. Okay. It's not about a system. It's about, can I get more out of the sum of my parts than I have? Okay. Uh, It doesn't matter. Am I a great coach? If I have all those five-star players yet, they play like three stars. No. Are you a great coach? If you have all those three-star players and they play like five stars? Yes. Right. So I was excited about that because I knew I could coach people in a way they never experienced before and then teach them how to coach others. I was passionate about it, okay? But here's the other thing. I was really passionate because I was a pastor, okay? Um, I've been a pastor, still am a pastor, just not my day-to-day job. Um, But I'm passionate about helping people step into their kingdom calling. And I realized even deeper, I was passionate about this coaching communication business because I see so many leaders who think what they're doing doesn't matter to the kingdom of God because they're not a pastor, yeah. When I'm looking at it and going, no, God put you in that business. God put you in that leadership position. God put you right where you're at with the gifts that you have to bring an impact with his kingdom to the people you're around. Your job, your leadership, I believe, is your ministry. And I was sitting down with leader after leader in my role as a pastor and talking to them about that. And I became more passionate about helping them step into their ministry calling and see it as a ministry calling right where they're at, not feeling like they had to do what I was doing. So when I asked that question, am I passionate? Am I passionate? Is there passion? I found out one, no, not about entrepreneurship. Yes, about coaching people, about consulting with businesses and helping them lead their people better, helping them discover their people's purpose, helping them coach leaders in a different way. And then of course, communicating because I love communicating these principles and inspiring people in that way, right? So The first question to ask, whether you're thinking about leaving a job, changing careers, starting a business, starting a podcast, writing a book, getting healthy, um, having a kid, buying a house, that I could give you a list of a thousand things. If you're thinking about trying to make a big move in your life, the first question to ask is their passion. Am I passionate about it? Because if you're not, it's not going to be worth it and you're not going to sustain it. Well, I'm not passionate about it, but I think it's the right move, okay? If I had said, well, I'm not passionate about being an entrepreneur, but I think I can make more money if I started my own business, right? That's a terrible recipe for disaster, okay? I wouldn't have made it very long because guess what? You start being an entrepreneur, your first month, your first months, your first year, your first years, potentially, you're probably not making more money. It's going to be hard. You need passion to drive you through. If I had said, you know, I'm not really passionate about being an entrepreneur, but I've never had a boss I like. I want to be my own boss. I don't want anybody to tell me, you know, any different. So I'm going to be an entrepreneur because I want to be my own boss. Well, if I did that, I'm not passionate about being an entrepreneur and I wasn't passionate about my business. It wouldn't be very long before I was just the next boss in a long line of bosses I hated. Okay. If you've hated every boss you've ever had, you're going to hate yourself too when you're your own boss. It's got to be more than that. Does that make sense? We got to have a passion for what we're doing. So for me, uh, because 
as you were working through this process, you know, I was a part of your ministry as well. Mm -hmm. And a flip side of that is that I um, became very passionate about mentoring young men who were maybe a step behind me. And that's something that for all the listeners of the podcast, I don't make a dime doing that. Um, But this is something that is my ministry calling to be able to minister and mentor young men who may not have that father figure in their life. So I, at the same time, learned that this was something that I was super passionate about. And it's something that I've learned over the time that I'm very, very much called to do. So whether or not this is a paid move or an unpaid move, you know, I want to make sure everyone understands this is not something that'll just apply to your career. Mm -hmm. This is something that'll apply to every bit of your life. That's right. from that, but that was a big move for you from a time perspective yeah. of saying, I'm going to have about five young men around me at all times yeah. that I'm meeting with. Okay. I'm having coffees and lunches and breakfast with beyond my job responsibilities, my family responsibilities. When I want to be doing other things, I'm going to answer their call when they call. Why? Because I want to help them become the men and leaders that they're called to be. Right. So even though that wasn't a paid move, That was a big move because when you're talking about that amount of time and input and energy, it is difficult. But I would also say this, it has impacted every other area of your life. It's made you better with your family and it's made you a better leader because now you're taking pieces of that mentoring into your leadership roles that you are paid for. Yes, most definitely. So what we did is, you know, as you were working through all those, I was doing the exact same thing on an unpaid level um, in different areas. So we both were able to find that the very first thing we had to figure out was if this was something that we were called to be doing um, and make sure that that was where we were supposed to be moving. And that calling, that idea of supposed to be, scares people to death. What if I'm in the wrong place, especially if you're a Christ follower? What if I'm in the wrong place? Change your question. Am I passionate about it, okay? God is going to give you passions for a lot of things in your life. And you're going to follow those passions. As long as they're not sinful passions, you're going to follow those passions. As long as they're passions that are helping people, okay? You're going to follow that passion, okay? So just start with that question, am I passionate about it? Am I called? Is it the right thing? Should I? Why? Those are all things that are going to make you really wonder and second guess should I do this? Because those, those those are those are too lofty. We can't really understand those. We can easily answer. Am I passionate about this? So, um, what is what's the next question? Where do we go from question number one? Yeah. So the first question is: There a passion? Yes. Right. Am I passionate about this this move, this thing, this 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 thing I'm starting, this new change? Okay. But the second question is: Is there a discontent? Okay. Is there a dis Content. And you may be thinking, Jeff, is is there a discontent? That seems like just the opposite way of asking, is there a passion? Am I just asking this question twice? I don't have time for that. No, it's a totally different question. Because when you're asking, is there a passion? You're asking this direction I'm moving, this new thing I would do, this new thing I would start, this move I'm making. Am I passionate about it at a deep level? Okay, when you ask, is there a discontent? Question number two. You're asking about your world right now. I'm not talking about, you know, the globe and everything else. I'm talking about just your your world, the people you see, the places you go, the things you do, who you are in your community and in your role right now. Is there a discontent? Okay. And I'll tell you, I started getting a discontent 
months before I knew what it was. I found myself discontent with things in my job when there was really nothing wrong. They were petty things I was getting discontent about. So I had to start asking again, why? Not why am I trying to move, but why am I discontent? Okay. And the reason I was discontent, the reason why I was getting frustrated about things that weren't a big deal, the reason why I was getting mad about things people said that weren't that that, that huge of a deal, I realized that I was discontent because I didn't feel like I was in the right role for me to make the greatest impact. I was doing something I loved. I was doing something I loved with people that I loved. I, I loved the mission of our organization. Things were going well, but even though things were going well, all my goals were being met, I was highly discontent with what I was doing, and I was discontent with the organization. But then when I looked, I realized, well, it's not that I don't like the organization anymore. I love these people. I love this mission. So why am I discontent? And I realized, okay, I'm not doing something I feel like I should do. But I'm passionate about this coaching. I'm passionate about communication. And I had moved into a role where I used to communicate all the time. Now, I wasn't hardly ever communicating. Okay? I moved into a role where I was in tons of coaching relationships. And now my coaching was just, it was different. There was a way I was kind of told to do it. And, and although it made an impact... I wanted to do more and I wanted to speak into different people's lives, right? So on one hand, I have a passion, but on the other hand, I'm I'm constantly discontent and I don't know why, okay? Now, maybe it's not just in your organization. Maybe it's discontent and you say, you know what? I'm discontent with the fact that my pants don't fit right and I don't want to buy new ones and I'm tired of worried, uh, worrying about what I look like when I run out of the door. I'm tired of not being confident. Well, that's a discontent that could be paired with a passion for being healthy, now, the discontent by itself is not enough, okay? We've all been discontent with our waistlines. We've done the diet. We've worked out. And only to really six months to 12 months later, put all that weight back on. Why? Because that was a discontent without a passion. Both have to be there, Corey. Both have to be there. We have to have both, okay? So I was passionate about some things I wasn't doing. And I was passionate about things that I wasn't doing that I could best do through starting my own company, Okay. At the same time, I was discontent with things to the point to where I would I would, I would get frustrated with myself. Like, Jeff, you're being too hard on people about this. Why is that bothering you? Well, it's bothering me because I feel like I'm in the wrong spot. I feel like I'm in the wrong place. So I went and I talked to my bosses. I started having a conversation with my direct leader and then, uh, you know, the, 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 the kind of chief leader of the organization. Where do you see me moving in the future? This is where I feel stirring. I feel stirring that these things need to be a part of my life. Um, these things need to be a part of my leadership. You know, I just turned 35 and I said, what do I want the second half? Part of this discontent was asking the question, what do I want the second half of my life to look like? The second half of my leadership, I want it to be very intentional. So I began to ask questions. And as they began to tell me what they saw my, as my future in the organization, Corey, it was an incredible future. It was great opportunity. It's something that that really I would have loved if you had told me five years earlier that I would have gotten to do it. Yet when I looked at it then, I was still discontent. No matter how good things were or could be, I was discontent because they weren't allowing me to move toward that place of passion. So the first two questions are very connected. Am I passionate? Start there. Am I passionate about this thing I'm doing? Or am I just doing it because I think it'll make more money? I think it'll make my life easier. I think... You know, um, don't don't ever have outside of leadership. This is just a great example. Don't ever have kids because you think, well, we've been married for a while. This is this the logical next step. If you're not both passionate about having children and raising children, 
don't have kids, they're not a next step, okay? That, 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 that's something you need to be passionate about is parenthood, right? Same thing with leadership, okay? We want to know, am I passionate? I'm not just doing this because it makes sense. I'm not just doing it because I could have said, you know what, okay, now we're talking about different roles that I could take, which would be huge and good for my career. It'll look good. Everybody will respect me. Let's go ahead and do that, okay? I could have said yes to that, but I would have been discontent for the rest of my life because it didn't connect with my passions. Not enough of them. Okay, I was more passionate about something else. So, am I passionate and am I discontent? And also know this, usually when you start getting discontent, especially in your job, you're not actually discontent with the people and you're not actually discontent with the organization. You're discontent because something's changing in you. So don't take it out. Asking this question early keeps us from taking it out on the people we lead and the people we work with, and instead allows us to get curious and introspective about what's next for me. So in my previous uh, job, you know, five years ago, I worked in an industry and I was really good at what I did. However, I became super discontent and I knew it was time to move. Uh, But that still hadn't affected the relationships I have with those people. Because I understood that there was a discontent, not with the people who I work with, not with the organizations that I was a part of, but it was a discontent with that was not where I was supposed to be. And part of me moving into the industry that I'm currently in, where I have a position where I get to have a lot of influence in a lot of different areas, is that I was able to use my mentoring of the younger generation as a way for me to hone in on those skills, hone in on those callings so I could become a better leader in my company. And I think all that's just really connected. And it was all very well-timed because it was something that was super intentional and it was not a comfortable place where I was. But after I made that move, I did discover that it was a lot better once I was able to move into that new space. Yeah. But you know, as well as I do, it took intentionality because there were days where people just rubbed you the wrong way that never had before. And it wasn't them. So when you find yourself discontent, again, pull it that string. Why am I discontent? Is it a new passion that I have? So uh, first two questions really connected. Is there a passion? Is there a discontent? The third question is much more practical. Um, Is this within my gifting? Is this within my gifting? And by gifting, I mean specifically your talents as a leader, okay? So whether you've used things like Strength Finders, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, whatever it is, the next level leader, there's, there's... hundreds of good assessments. Okay. I'm partial to the next level leader, but there's tons of good ones. Odds are you've taken an assessment somewhere, you know what your strengths are, but beyond that assessment, hopefully you've had conversations with people where you have had to say, Hey, what do you see as some of my greatest strengths? Okay. They're not putting you in a box that anybody else is. They're sharing what they see, what they feel around you. So if you've ever asked that and people have told you your greatest strengths, things that you've noticed, you agree, they agree, everybody who looks at it says, this is my gifting. This is what I'm good at, right? You want to know the third question, is this move I'm about to make, this thing I'm about to start, this change I'm about to make, is it within my gifting? Okay. So I had to ask that about the business, the same thing. All right. I know being a high level leader from a pastoral position in a church is within my gifting. I know leading within a nonprofit is within my gifting, but is being an entrepreneur who runs their own business as well as is being a coach, consultant, speaker full time, not just as a part of my job, is that within my gifting? So I started asking people, people I worked with, people I'd worked with previously, people in my family, 
could you tell me my top three greatest strengths? And people would give me my top three greatest strengths and I would write them down. And, and overall, the majority of them got repeated until I came down to, there are five things that I'm gifted to do and I'm not only good at them, I'm not happy if I'm not doing them, okay? So again, this connects with passion a little bit. Most of the time, we're not happy if we're not doing it. I took those five greatest gifts that I love doing and I said, with my discontent, is this within my gifting? And I realized I wasn't using half of those top five gifts. I was using about two out of five. And then I said, okay, so this passion that's stirring in me for this new thing, is it within my gifting? And the truth was, all five gifts I would have to use every day. My greatest talents would be what would make me most successful. Okay, so I was able to look at it and I said, is this within my gifting? But sometimes we're gonna ask, is this within my gifting? And we're gonna find out no, okay? If you say, I really want to write a book, but communicating through written word and to people is, is not my strength. I'm str I struggle to, to help people see what I'm thinking. So I've got this great idea, but I, I struggle to help people with what I'm thinking. Well, that's, that's a little bit of a yellow light where you may caution and say, okay, I don't know if that's the right time to move. Because you may not be a great writer. You don't have to be a great writer to write a book, but you at least have to communicate that to someone who can help you write it, okay? Um, you may say, I really want to become a public speaker or a podcaster, but every time I start talking in front of people, I feel like I'm about to pee my pants and have a heart attack, okay? Well, that's probably not going to go away. There's a little bit of, uh, there, there's things that you can do to feel better about that, but if you're that uncomfortable with public speaking, but you just want to get better, that's probably not one of those big life moves to make, okay? Because it's not within your gifting, okay? It's not within your gifting. Um, man, I know a lot of people do CrossFit. And I love the idea of CrossFit. I would love to be able to do CrossFit with some of my closest friends. The moves for CrossFit are not within a gifting for a guy with a body like mine, okay? I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to get angry. The first time they tell me, no, CrossFit's for everybody, you can, uh, you can modify the move, okay? Corey, you know me as well as anybody. I'm going to throw something at somebody if you tell me to modify a move, okay? Either I can do it or I can't. So for me, when I even want to go to work out, okay, is that within my gifting? No, but I can go into the gym. I can lift weights, man. I can do cardio. I've got a plan that I know I can follow. So I want to follow that within my gifting. So sometimes this tells you, yes, move forward. Sometimes it tells you, no, don't move forward. And sometimes it says move forward, but it narrows your focus. Yes, it's okay to get healthy. It's within your gifting to, to do this, but it's not that way. So don't just do what you think somebody else wants you to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So for me, you know, um, getting healthier is one of the things that I really want to focus on. And I'm being super intent about it. But what I could not do is go and run a 27.2 mile marathon. Mm -hmm. That was not some, that was not my next step. I think you even put an extra mile on it. You made I, it harder, Corey. I, I think I did make it harder. <laughs> um, but what that did include was for me to get active and go start getting completely um, into the gym going and doing workouts and taking long walks and doing all those active things so that I can start getting that muscle memory built up so I can start getting into those habits so we can start moving forward towards those goals. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, my goals are something that should line up with those yeah. giftings and be able to be aligned. So that way yeah. that as I look forward, I can see the progress that's been made. Yeah. So I'll be encouraged. Because you want to get healthier but you're not a runner. That would discourage you. That would stop you. There's all kinds of reasons why not to do that. So we have to make that decision. Is this within my gifting? The fourth question is, is similar, but a little different. And let me say one more thing about gifting. 
if you're a Christ follower, and I know everybody who's listening is not a Christ follower, but I I, I really want to pour into kingdom leaders here. Don't just ask it about your strengths, your natural strengths. If you're a Christ follower, ask that question about your natural leadership strengths, but also ask it about your spiritual gifts, okay? Um, and you should find some places you're going to use your spiritual gifts outside of work, okay? You're not going to use tons of spiritual gifts in work, but if you look, there's always places where that fits well and people don't even know. It doesn't seem like church, doesn't feel like anything like that. It's just God gifted me to do something special, okay? And when those are there, that's usually a sign that, you know, hey, maybe this is this is even more momentum behind I need to make this move. Now, the fourth question, okay? Fourth question, this is going to be one that's hard to answer. Is this within or does this fit my personal mission statement? Does this fit my personal mission statement? Corey, why is that going to be so hard for most of our listeners to answer? Most people don't have a personal mission statement. They don't have a personal mission statement. You hear me talk about a personal mission statement all the time, okay? And sometimes I'll talk about a personal mission statement and people think they're going to catch me. They're going to trip me up and they're like, well, fine. Jeff, what's your personal mission statement? Like, I don't know one, right? I exist as a person, not as a business. I exist to help growth-minded kingdom leaders live into the future they were called to, live the life they were called to live. How? I do it through motivating people, inspiring people, through communication, and sharing strategic insight. That is my personal mission statement. So everything I volunteer for is going to fit at least one or two of those things, okay? Every job I do is going to fit all of them, period. From now on, it's going to fit all of them, okay? Now, that's not the end-all be-all. Your gifting is going to help narrow it as well. But you got to ask, my personal mission statement is a statement of where I want my life to go and how I want my life to count. I want my life to count by at the end of the day on my deathbed to say, I made an impact on growth-minded kingdom leaders. I impacted kids I never knew because I impacted their moms and dads. I impacted companies I never worked for because I impacted the leaders that worked there. I impacted churches that I never attend attended because people who attended there, I got to coach and I got to impact. And I wanted them to see everything they do as a part of their life on mission, right? It doesn't matter whether you're a person of faith or not. We all need a personal mission statement. It says, how do I want my life to count? How do I want my life to count? That's the mission part of it. So if you don't have a personal mission statement, I just recently did a masterclass on how to write a personal mission statement. I've got a practical tool and guide that'll walk you through it. I did that masterclass for my next level living community growth circles, okay? But if you want that, here's what I want you to do. If you don't have one and you need help, okay? First of all, if you don't have one, I want you to stop into this podcast and write one because without this piece of the puzzle, you're gonna have a hard time answering these questions. But once you have a personal mission statement, you can edit it once a year and it, it will give you so much freedom and it will help bring so much clarity to your life and leadership beyond this. So if you don't know how to get started, but you know you need a personal mission statement, email me, jeff.a.cochran at outlook.com. I don't normally give that's my personal email, okay? I'm giving that out on the podcast for a reason. If you've listened this far on this podcast and you're passionate about that, email me. If you email me for another reason, uh, well, I may not answer you, okay? But email me, jeff.a.cochran at outlook.com and just put in the subject line, personal mission statement. I will help you get a hold of that masterclass and I will give you some options if you want to sit down with some coaching to do that, okay? But we can help you. But whether you want to do it on your own, whether you need help with it, we all need a personal mission 
statement. If you don't have a personal mission statement for how you want your life to count, you can't make good professional decisions. Because your profession, your work, is where you're going to spend the majority of your life. You should like it. It should be helping you get to the goals you want as a person. And uh, in our last episode with Garland Vance, we talked about why so many people are leaving their jobs right now. There's a great resignation. And he said, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. But he said, Jeff, I think the reason why a lot of people are leaving is because they're, the companies they're working for, the pain of staying is greater than the pain of leaving because, here's the kicker, because they're asking questions and realizing this company, this organization is not helping me reach any of the big goals and milestones and things I care about in my own life, right? Personal mission statement helps you to find that earlier, okay? So when you ask this, this fourth question, does this match? Does this fit with my personal mission statement? Any opportunity I take, any opportunity I take down to, Corey, I literally use this for every contract, okay? Because I don't say yes to every contract, okay? You know as well, there are some contracts I've started. Well, I I, I leave a clause in there. I can fire clients if they're not working. Why? Because I exist to help growth-minded kingdom leaders, right? So if you're not working and you're not you're not doing anything with the things I'm giving you, I don't care how much money you're paying me. I'm going to fire you as a client because I exist to help growth-minded people step into the future they want. If you're not growth-minded and you're not taking the steps to step into that future you were called to, then I'm not actually helping you as a leader, okay? I may be making you feel better about yourself. I may be padding my checkbook, but that's not what I want. That's not what I exist for, okay? I run this down to every contract and every opportunity. So when I decided, is it time? I'm trying to make that decision. Is it time to move from the career I have to starting this new business? Okay, does it match my personal mission statement? I exist to help kingdom, growth-minded kingdom leaders step into the life that they were called to through motivation, inspiration, communication, and sharing strategic insight. That's almost the job description of the company I wanted to start, of what I do today, okay? So my mission statement for my company is even deeper and even more focused. It's much more and much more focused than growth-minded kingdom leaders. But I say that to say this, Corey, it matched my personal mission statement, right? It matched my personal mission statement. And so from the big move, to individual clients, to, you know, anything that we're doing. I get opportunities all the time. And the other day I, I had someone reach out to me about speaking. I turned down a lot of speaking opportunities, even though I want to speak more. I want to speak more this year. I want to make more money as a professional speaker, but I've turned down a lot of opportunities because the events I was speaking for and the people I was speaking to did not fit my personal mission statement, right? They just didn't. There was at least one piece that was missing. So um, I don't just speak because the communications in my mission statement, right? If you have a personal mission statement and it is clear, it will effectively inform every decision you make and every other part of your life. So speaking on that, because something that I learned from you because of the close proximity of our lives is that I have to have a personal mission statement yep. and it is what I use to decide what, what my life looks like. So my job and my mission statement is to empower and encourage those around me. Specifically, it is for young men who may be missing something in their life at home. Yep. But what I've done is that is also what I do in my life uh, as far as my career yeah. is that I empower and encourage those who are around me. And that's how those line up for me personally. 
is that I want to make sure that I'm empowering and encouraging everyone that I come in contact with. Mm-hmm. People will always tell you that Corey's going to encourage you beyond what they would have ever expected. For sure. And that's something about you. You know, you are such a phenomenal coach and you you do such a great job of speaking into people's lives and helping them to see the potential that they have. And that's something that that's why we both understand the importance of having a personal mission statement. Yep. No, it's huge. So if you don't have a personal mission statement, if you're listening right now and you, you've still been saying, I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with that one later, put that on the highest part of your list. Make that a priority. A personal mission statement is going to be a gift that you will always be grateful for. Okay. So can I give you that gift? Work to that personal mission statement. Again, if you need help, email me jeff.a.cochran at outlook.com, personal mission statement in the subject line. All right, Corey. So it's four questions. Uh, the, the first one, is there passion? The second one, is there discontent? The third one, does this match my gifting? Uh, the, the fourth one, does this match my personal mission statement? And the last one, is this the right season? Now, by the time you get to this one, you know whether you should make the move or not. You know whether you should start the new thing or not, okay? The question is, is it right now or is it later, okay? So is it the right season means a couple of things. Okay. One, is it the right season of life? So there was a time that if I'd wanted to start my own business like this, it would have not fit. Okay. When my kids were younger, when I had, you know, a two-year-old and a four-year-old and, and my boys needed me to be home, my wife needed me to come home and be attentive. Well, I couldn't be doing this because just this week, for instance, you know, man, I had a, a one night where I had a 7.30 to 10 PM meeting. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, I had a 2 a.m. meeting because one of my global clients is on a very different time zone. And I had to make that happen, right? Um, thinking about the extra time that I work, thinking about the travel right now, that in just a couple of days, I'm going to be traveling to Dallas and then the, uh, you know, the next week to Houston and then the next week somewhere else. And I couldn't have done all the travel on the late nights when my kids were younger. Okay. Wasn't the right season of life. Okay. You may be looking at this and saying, Jeff, I've got something stirring in me. I think it's time to start this business. I think it's time to write this book. I think it's time to change careers. I think it's time to move cities. But one of my parents is sick, and it's me and my siblings. We're having to take care of them right now. Well, look, you're not going to get that time with your parents back, okay? So if your season of life is you need to be with them, then you're not starting anything or making any move that's going to take time away from them. It doesn't mean that that stuff's not in you for a reason. But what it means is it's not the right season. So identify when this season is over. That's when I'll start. So big seasons of life, okay? Big seasons of life. Um, those are going to be things that you're looking at, okay? Is it um, Does it fit this big season in my life? Does it match it? There are times when we have to slow down, we have to do different things, okay? But you know, Corey, it's not just those overall seasons in your life. We're also asking this question about the actual annual seasons in our life, right? So Think about using that same example of, uh, is it time to start a business? Again, just for the sake of continuity, we use that same example. It's just my opinion, but in my opinion, May, June, and July are terrible times to start a business. Okay. Terrible times to start a business. Now, maybe you're preparing, maybe you're doing prep work and all that, but they're terrible times to actually start a business because... So many people are traveling, including employees. So many different things are happening. Um, Unless your business is like a summertime business, okay, 
that's probably not the time for most businesses that you're going to want to start it. Okay. But seasonally, when are some good times to start a business? January is a great time to start a business. Okay. Dial back just a couple of months before November and December is a terrible time to start a business. Why? Because everybody's trying to sell something to someone and they've been established for longer than you, right? There's so many competing voices. It is hard to get your voice heard in November and December, January and February, your voice can be heard and people are thinking about new things and new decisions, right? And it makes sense for you. So it's a good season. January is a great season for people to make a move or start something new, not just talking about business. It's a great season to make those moves because it's a natural change season, okay? September, most people don't realize this, September is just as good of a change season as January, and actually you're more likely to keep the goals you set in September than January because you didn't do it because people told you you had to, okay? So we're in the month of September right now. It's why we're doing this podcast episode. If you've got something on your mind, your heart, and you're wondering, is it time to make that move? Is it time to start writing that book? Is it time to start that business? Is it time to, uh, to hire a coach? Whatever it is, this is a great time to start. If you can answer these questions, you can answer the first four and you get to the seasonal question, uh, this is a good time to start. Now, it's going to be much harder, and you don't want to get to the point if you miss the September-October start, then again, the annual seasons, ebbs, and flows of the year, you're going to want to start until January or February, okay? So we want to ask, big life season, is this the right season? And then also the time of year for whatever I'm doing. There are things that you'll do where you say January is a bad time to start it, okay? There are things that you'll decide to do where you say, um, you know, those, those times May through June is a great time to start it. If you're starting a lawn care company, you're probably going to want to ignore what I said about January. Okay. January is a great time to prepare. Um, and yeah, yeah. May, you're really going to kick into gear probably a little earlier than that, but you're really going to kick into gear. But the question is for you, is it the right season? Now, if you can answer those five questions, is there a passion? Yes. I'm passionate about making this move, starting this thing, okay? Because when I say making a move, it's not just a change. It could be making a move to start something, okay? Is there a passion? Yes. Am I discontent with my current world reality? Yes. Does this match my gifting? Yeah, I could use my gifts, my talents, the way that I'm wired to do that. Does this match my personal mission statement? Yes. It allows me to make the impact I want to make on the world. And then big picture, small picture, is it the right season? I think it's the right season. You answer the quest, those five questions, yes, and sometimes it can happen just that quick. If you answer those questions, yes, it is time to move. And let me say this about the seasons before we move on, okay? If you ask the question, is this the right season, and you're not sure, if you're close on the line at all, we're negative people. Most of us can find almost any reason to wait. Those are called excuses. That doesn't mean it's the wrong season. So, if you say, you know what, I probably could do it, but maybe I shouldn't do it, and here's the few reasons why I shouldn't do it. If it's not clearly the wrong season, then I would call it neutral. And if it's neutral, it's the right season. Okay? I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. If it's neutral, it's the right season. When it's the wrong season, you should know it. It should jump out at you, okay? When in doubt, we need to start defaulting. We talked about this before, defaulting to do in different areas of our life. We need to start defaulting toward following those stirrings instead of not. Right. Nobody sits on their deathbed and says, man, you know, I wish I hadn't taken those risks for the most part. At least that's rare. They sit on their deathbed saying, I, I, I really think I could have done that. 
I really wish I'd written that book. I really wish I started that business. I really wish I'd changed careers when I had that, that chance, right? Don't live your life looking backwards. If it's neutral, it's the right season, okay? So, But if you can ask those questions, is there passion? Is there discontent? Does this match my gifting? Um, does this match my personal mission statement? Is it the right season? If the answer to those five questions is yes, it is time to make the move right now. And lucky for you, if you're asking those questions, Corey, and you said, yes, it's time to make that move. It's time to start that thing. If you're listening to this when it airs, it's in September. If you're listening to it a little late, it's in October, and it's the right time on the calendar. There's not a better time. Don't wait for everybody to make a New Year's resolution. Start right now. And actually, just because it's a great time to help people, I'm actually opening up my client book a little bit. Um, I've been pretty full from where I'm at, so I didn't want to add a ton of personal coaching clients, but I'm going to allow five more coaching clients over the next month, okay? Over the next month, five more coaching clients. That includes Growth Circle. So if you ever thought about getting coaching or you've thought about joining a Growth Circle, now's the right time. Head over to jeffcochran.online. Um, you can go ahead and sign up or just set up a free discovery call to make sure it's right for you. We'll talk for free, give you 30 minutes. You can do that right on the website. But again, I'm opening up my client book. I'm adding five clients to the list because this is the perfect time to get started making those moves you feel called to make. And I would love to help you do that. But even if you don't need me and you don't need a coach, if you can answer these five questions, go go. The world is better with your gift, your idea, your best self in it. So go ahead, when in doubt, make that move. But the next time that you want to know, is it the right time to make a big move? If you'll ask these five questions, I'll let you know clearly and easily. Yes or no? Absolutely. Um, I'm so happy we had this conversation today. It is the perfect time yeah. for this conversation. And I really do hope that all of our listeners understand just how on time this is. Uh, our, our goal is, our hope is that this was so beneficial to you, that you guys have learned something, you've heard something yeah. that is stirred you, and that you're ready to ask those five questions, get, get moving towards those goals. So, Jeff, uh, you mentioned that there's some room in those growth circles and some coaching space. Um, I want to make sure that we just go ahead and inform everyone again yeah. that this is the time to do it. Uh, so just head on over to jeffcochran.online, um, click on individual services for uh, the coaching, growth circles, stuff like that. Um, also, I'm looking to take six clients right now, six more clients for my organizational accelerators. So if you're leading a team and you want me to come in and help lead that uh, team, just help you to get unstuck, work on culture, work on leadership, work on just fresh-eyed growth somewhere, all right, if the move you're trying to make is team-based, you can head to the organizational services side, check out the organizational accelerators, um, and then if you just need help personally in your leadership making these moves, that would be the individual services, so you'll see those once you go, um, and then of course, if you want to have me out and speak, just click on speaking, but everything is there at jeffcochran.online. Phenomenal. So guys, we just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Hopefully this conversation was beneficial and you'll be able to use this conversation, yep. bookmark this conversation and come back to and listen to another. It's three a repeater. Months. Make this sure repeat. put it on your calendar. Listen to this three months from now. Exactly. So as we always say, we can always grow to the next level together one step at a time. Thank you so much. <laughs>